0: Hello everyone, welcome to the very first edition of Wedding Talk for Professionals, presented by the Kern County Bridal Association and the Bridal Association of America. I'm your host, Kyle Brown, and today we will be hearing from one of the industry leaders, Mr. Alan Berg. Now, before we get started, I do want to remind you to make sure that you are following us on Facebook at KCBA Bridal or you can just go right to our website, go to the very bottom and click on speakers to see a list of some of our speakers, listen to past podcasts, and of course, future ones. Make sure you subscribe and become a part of the conversation. Thanks again. And here he is, Mr.
1: Alan Berg.
0: I'd like to introduce our uh, guest speaker today, Mr. Alan Berg. Like he told you, he's been in the industry... Well, since him and I have both had hair, you know?
1: <laughs> we're yeah. um, I have hair. Kyle, it, we have the same amount of hair. It's just below the ears now.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: um, when I first met Alan, was
0: in uh, Arizona, and uh, we were speaking at uh, Wedding MBA, and uh, I, I, we that had, was it, like... Early dinner, basically, and then I uh, gave you a ride somewhere. I can't remember where it (laughs) was. Probably back to my hotel. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, But we've been friends ever since. Uh, He's got a lot of insight, a lot of good stuff to share with us. He's been on a couple of Zoom meetings probably in the past couple weeks, (laughs) a couple of hundred, with people from all over the world uh, in the wedding industry. So he's got a very unique perspective and insight as to what's going on and you know, he's going to tell us exactly what to do and when to do it and how to make a million dollars. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Uh, the question is not making a million dollars. It's over what period of time, right? Over a lifetime, that's different than making it in a year, right? There's exactly. A difference. Um, uh, yeah, I actually have uh, two calls tonight. I have a client in Australia, and they have me working with two different parts of their sales team. So at 9 p.m. and at 10 p.m. tonight, my time, and that's because there's a 15-hour time difference, so I have to do it when it's morning for them. It's night for me. It's just, yeah, that's been my life. Yesterday, I had a call with somebody in Dubai. I'm doing calls tomorrow with uh, uh, people in Ireland. Uh, I got to tell you, everybody's going through the same thing. Uh, this is unprecedented. I got interviewed by NPR Radio, uh, was it last week or the week before? I, I can't remember. Wait, what, what day is it, Kyle? <laughs> do we even know? <laughs> it's, it's Wednesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday, Okay. Um, and she asked me, you know, you, you've been in the business over 25 years. What, what's the closest parallel to this? And there is none. Th- there is absolutely none. There is nothing that, that comes close to this that affecting our industry. And it's because, it, it, think back to uh, 9-11. And uh, how many of you, I can just raise your hand if you want, how many of you were in business uh, in 2001 when 9-11 happened? Okay. Not that many of you. All right. Believe it or not, that was 19 years ago. I mean, how crazy is that to think that that was 19 years ago, right? I was at, I was at the Knot um, and two days after 9-11, the traffic on the Knot was back to what it was the day before. So just think about that for a second. One of the worst tragedies, certainly on, on our soil, terrorists and all that kind of stuff. Two days later, the traffic was back to what it was. The thing with most Uh, most things that affect uh, people around, think about the fires out in California, think about hurricanes, think about tornadoes, think about earthquakes, right? They're generally regionalized, and they have a beginning and an end that we can see or we can feel, right? You can feel when you've started to recover, you can feel when you're starting to rebuild. The biggest challenge we have now is the uncertainty of the end. And that's what's affecting our So He's talked about most people are postponing. That is the surveys that I'm seeing. I just saw another stat from uh, the wedding report who said 5% of people are canceling. The not said about 4% of their couples they, they interviewed are canceling. Same thing I'm hearing around the world with other groups like that. So the good news is they want to postpone because they still want to get married. The bad news is until when, right? Is June okay? Is July okay? Is August okay? Because think about this. You have to give your guests some heads up, right? You can't just say, hey, guess what? Come on on Thursday. We're getting married, right? You're, you can't just do that. You have to give some heads up there. So that's what's providing the, really the biggest challenge right now. Once it breaks, I think there's a few things we can expect. We can expect lower guest counts at the weddings that are going to happen early. Part of that is for travel. And I know one of you was talking about travel. I forget which one of you is. Oh, he's not there now. The... Uh, yeah, yeah anyway. I see a chair, <laughs> I see a chair. Um, so we can expect that because some people aren't gonna to wanna to travel, some people who are more at risk are not gonna to wanna to come out, we can expect that. Now the good news is for most categories, right? So Kyle, for a DJ, you don't charge any different if they have less guests. The photographer doesn't charge any different if they have less guests. For a florist, yeah, you might have some less tables, you you could expect that. For a caterer, you might expect the lower head count, you could expect some of that. I would anticipate that, not be surprised. And the best advice I can give everybody listening is if you haven't done this already, you want to be proactive in reaching out to your couples. You don't want to wait for them to contact you and say, this is what we're doing. This is the new date. You want to be part of the solution. Part of if you still want to be part of their wedding, if you are not the venue, you want to be part of their wedding. You reach out first and say, first of all, how are you guys doing? You know, how are you, how are you faring here? How's your health? How's all that kind of stuff. And then, find out where they are in the process. If you're not the venue, find out where they are and talk to them about, listen, if you choose to try to find a Saturday in the fall, first of all, it's gonna be hard because any decent venue is booked. And secondly, if you do, there's a good chance that a lot of people on your team, a lot of these other, the average wedding uses 12 or 13 different suppliers. A lot of the people on your team may not be able to make it anymore, right? Kyle, let's say, you know, they pick a a Saturday in October. What's the chances that you're available? None, zero. Right. So if you're not the venue, certainly if you're the venue, you should be reaching out anyway. But if you're not the venue, you should be reaching out so you make sure that they choose a date that you're available. Uh, One thing I'm really happy with my relationship with the Knot and Wedding Wire, because I consult to them still, as as well as some other sites, is they are telling couples, and I got them to expand the language. They were saying, hey, listen, you might have to think about a Friday or Sunday. I said, well, tell them they might have to think about a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday. And, and here's the language that, that, that we use. And certainly if you're the venue, you should use this, but for everybody else. Just think about uh, how many of you are married? Just raise a hand if you're married. Okay, great. If you show a wedding picture, right? You show a picture of your wedding to someone, right? To anyone. I right, said, so Mara, let's say you show your wedding picture, okay? Has anybody ever asked you what day of the week it was? No. If you're a caterer, does the food taste different on Monday? If you're a photographer, do the pictures look any different on Thursday? No. And if you're a DJ, do the people dancing have any less fun because it was Wednesday? No. No. So what you want to let couples know is your your guests will understand. They'll understand that you had to move the wedding. They'll understand that you, you had to choose a different date. And the people that are important to you, the people that want to celebrate your marriage, right? Not your wedding your marriage. That's what they're celebrating. The fact that you got married. And, and by the way, little side note here, there is no law in this country that says you have to have a party. And people spend 50 to $60 billion a year on parties. Right? What do they say down South? Bless their hearts, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and think about that, right? If couples just wanted to get married, they could go and get a justice of the peace and get married. But they celebrate because, and this is just my thinking i don't think anybody goes into their wedding thinking it's practice for the next time <laughs> right oh. half might be proven wrong eventually but they don't nobody goes into it and says you know hey uh, jose listen the next one's going to be better right you should come to the next one right <laughs> nobody does that because they're thinking one and done and that's what you're hoping for right my my parents were married 1 month shy of 65 years before my mom passed that's what you're hoping for when you say i do so We're in a business that's going to come back but people have long memories and short memories. The short memory is the people getting married next year, the people getting married after that, when their wedding comes, they're going to have blinders on. They're going to want to celebrate. They're going to have a great time. The long memory is people will remember what you did during this time. They will remember how you handled it. They will remember how you treated them. They remember what you did. So think of in business, we're always playing chess. We're not playing checkers. Chess is thinking ahead. If I do this, what will Kyle do? And then if Kyle does that, what will I do, right? So you gotta think ahead, in terms of postponements, in terms of deposits, in terms of cancellations, in terms of anything just dealing with people, because people do business with people, they don't do business with companies. Nobody does, no, nobody does business with Bakersfield Flower market. They do business with you right? Or or whoever they're dealing with, you know, you're a salesperson, whoever it is, that's who they do business with. So they're going to remember what you did. And that's going to turn into whether or not you get referrals, what kind of review you get, you know, whether or not you get to do the wedding at all, things like that. So keep that in mind. So right now, you want to position yourself for what's going to happen later, right? What's going to happen later is when this breaks, and everybody's got cabin fever. <laughs> they're going to want to get out, and they're going to want to party. But what is that going to mean, right? What? Let's just say that a wedding that happens in July, right? Fingers crossed, right? That we're having weddings in July. Kyle, what does that dance floor look like,
0: right? Uh, they're still going to be dancing. They're still going to be celebrating and and listening to the music and and uh, you know celebrating that couple's right. wedding.
1: Right, but you Couple know there are going to people up. that they know there going to be people that won't come. Right. Uh, I was talking to a caterer yesterday and he was, uh, you know, thinking about an idea. I don't know if he can pull it off, but you know, these test kits that are coming out, they've coming out with this test that they can see if you've had the virus or if you have it now that you can get an answer in, in between five and 15 minutes. He said, can you imagine if the guests pull into the parking lot and they stop and they get tested and they go park their car and they sit in their car and within five to 15 minutes, they find out whether or not they can come in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see right?
0: if they're it or not. <laughs> wow.
1: well, but, but again, you know, think about if you wanna have security. Uh, how many of you are venues? Anybody here a venue? Okay, there you go, venues. Yeah, yeah, right, so, if, so if you are venues, it's not what you're doing to make your your venue safe. It's what they see and perceive that you're doing, okay? I don't care if you had a UV robot come in and zap the place and it there there isn't a the microbe left, right? If they didn't see it, it didn't happen. Right? So, what can you do to make them feel safer? Can you have somebody standing at the door with a glove on, opening and closing the door for people? Can you have, you know, make sure there are garbage pails by every door, by the bathroom, right? If you have two doors getting out of your bathroom so they can hold it with a paper towel, or, you know, are the soaps that they clearly say they're antimicrobial, right? All these kind of things. Do they see you, you know, people wiping things down? Uh, are you caterers as well? Mara, are you the caterer as well, right? You guys can unmute if, if, if you have Yeah, buffet. Bu- Buffets, a, a traditional buffet is gone, right? You're either gonna have somebody serving at the buffet or you're gonna do plated. But the idea of food sitting out there, at least for the foreseeable future, that anybody can go over and serve themselves, uh-uh. <laughs> That's gone. So you have to give the perception that you're taking care of this. You have to give that perception, right? So think about in your business, if you're coming into contact with people, what can you do to make them feel you know, safer about coming out, safer for their guests? It's what they see, it's not what you did because people don't give us credit for what we do that they don't see. Sure. right if you If you're a, a florist, how much of your work happens before? Almost all of it, right? Almost all of it. What you're doing when you go there is setting up. <laughs> That's what you're doing, but the work happens before, and they don't give you credit for that. Just like if any of you walked into a restaurant before this, I know we're not going now. But you walked into a restaurant. You sat down at a table. The table had a linen, it had a knife and a fork and a spoon and a water glass and a wine glass and a salt and pepper shaker. And you gave no thought to how that happened, because it's supposed to be there, it's supposed to be right. And we don't get credit for getting it right, we lose points for getting it wrong. So what can they see? What can they perceive? That's that's what's important.
0: So, uh, question for you, Alan. In this time, while while we're not doing weddings, while we're not, uh, you know, taking bookings, unfortunately, what would be some advice to the members to do to be prepared when the business does come back? Education, like uh, Colleen was saying earlier, cleaning up her website, stuff like that, um, suggestions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I did a webinar called 10 Proactive Things You Can Do Now to Lean In, if anybody wants to see the recording, it's free. It's on my website. Just go to Allenberg. Wait, we have a chat here, don't we? Yeah, we have a chat here. We okay, to- so let me yeah. put the chat over here. Oops, if I could spell today. Allenberg.com/slash/resources. Okay, if you go to that link, um, that there's a free webinar over there. But let me talk about some of the things there. First of all, I heard somebody saying before that they're they got some leads. They got some new leads in. So here's what I can tell you. The traffic on sites like WeddingWire, the Knot, sites like that is down expectedly, but it's not zero. You know, I'd be surprised if it was less than half. You know, I, I think it might be more than that, but I'd be surprised if it was less than that. Some people are not reaching out now, but they're researching. So this is what you don't want to do now. You don't want to create your own recession by cutting out your advertiser. Now, advertising is different than outbound marketing. I would not be promoting now in other words, I would not be necessarily sending out promotional emails to try to get new customers, but I would be responding to every inquiry and putting myself out there where they can passively choose to ask for information. So if you have an ad on a site like a WeddingWire or The Knot or a local site around there or a magazine or whatever, the people that are still interested, they are the people that you want to talk to and they're gonna reach out to you. And if they don't say, hey, let's talk about the virus, You don't, you just talk about their wedding. And Kyle, we were on a call yesterday with the group of bridal show promoters and we're talking about the same thing there. You don't wanna be seen as promoting now, but you wanna be responding to those inquiries. The researching is happening now, right? Researching is happening now. They are online and they are looking. Some people are reaching out, some people are not, but they are researching. And I love to use analogies and I, I always in marketing and advertising use the analogy of a menu. You go into a restaurant, you open up the menu, and you choose from what's on the menu, right? That's what you do. So when you choose a restaurant, what do you choose first? What you're going to eat or the restaurant? You choose the restaurant. That's fine, yeah. Right? So if they're choosing to go to that, you know, on Bridal Show again, not right now, but if they're choosing to go to that website, if they're choosing to go to that magazine or that place, They are identifying that that's the place where they want to eat virtually. That's where they want to eat. You want to be on the menu when they're looking. So don't create your own recession by taking yourself off the menu. And now you're no longer a choice. I remember in the 2008, 2009 recession that we had, a a friend of mine in New Jersey, was a client of mine for a long time, photographer, videographer company. And I said, hey, how's business? And he said, it's fantastic and it scares me. And everybody else is crying about it. And he said, no, it's fantastic. And I said, that's great. He goes, no, but I don't know why. I said, I know why. I said, because they crawled into their shell and they're waiting for this to be over. You leaned into this. He, if the top spot on one of those sites dropped, somebody dropped it, he grabbed it. Everybody else is trying to cut back and he grabbed it. So he was getting the inquiries for the people that were interested. Kyle, we were talking yesterday on the bridal show one. My favorite day for a bridal show when I was personally doing bridal shows was the the slightly misty, rainy day. You know, Not the
0: day here in Bakersfield, actually. It's it's, uh, it's rainy outside, a little misty.
1: A little misty, right? A little misty rain. You can get out. If you're really interested, you go to the show. If it was pouring rain, you wouldn't go because it was pouring rain. And if it was sunny, you went to the show to get the freebies. So the people that wanted the freebies... They didn't come out on the misty, rainy day. They're like, eh, I'm not going to go do that, right? So the, you had less attendance, but you had a more interested attendance. And you could actually do as much or more business from that group because you had more time to talk to them, more time to spend with them. And uh, it was one of the things we were talking about. You would expect, just like weddings are going to have a lower attendance, I would expect any bridal show that happens later this year to have a lower attendance. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because the people that came out are buyers, And those are buyers that you want to talk to. So we should never judge by the number. It's like somebody complained on Facebook the other day that their number of likes was going down on their page, right? The number of likes is a historical figure of people who at some point in the past, click that button. It tells you nothing about the people that are engaged right now. And I use engaged meaning paying attention, not like (laughs) marriage engaged, although it's both in his case, but the number of people who are engaged in what you're posting. So we, what we're interested in is a better audience, not a larger one. Uh, same with your websites, by the way. Do you wanna get more inquiries or more inquiries from people who like what you do and, and are willing to pay the prices that you charge? That's what you want. Right. M- more is a, You wanna get more inquiries? Put out a low price, you'll get more inquiries. You won't make any money, <laughs> but you'll, you'll get more inquiries. So you wanna lower the number of inquiries to make them better, put an idea of price on your website, put a price range on your website. You'll get more people that can afford what you do to be reaching out and you'll get lower inquiries.
0: Makes sense, makes sense. So definitely everybody check out the, the link that Alan put in there because that's gonna have some great resources. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they're all on the page. Everything I mentioned in the webinar, every link, every book I talked about, every person, there's links to those things in there.
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, so I'm going to open it up for questions. And what I yeah. want you to do, if you have a question for Alan, is raise your hand and then I'll go ahead and call on you and, and uh, um, unmute your microphone. So
1: Except the people who have no video. Except for the ones who have no video, <laughs>
0: yeah, obviously. Um, so if you, if you don't have video uh, Lauren or Marianne you can text me and I'll, I'll ask your question uh, if you like but does anybody have a, a, a question for Alan I said just raise your hand and I'll go ahead and And bring yeah. you in you don't have to be shy. Oh Colleen. Okay, so Colleen go ahead.
1: Hi, Alan. How are you? Hi Colleen.
0: Yeah, I've heard you many times at wedding MBA. You're amazing and Thank also you. a couple other conferences in LA Um, what would you say to the vendors? Like, what are some of the things that we should be doing
1: while this is going on? Okay. So personally and professionally, you want to try to do things that will make you feel like you have accomplished something. And I say personally and professionally, uh, on a personal level. So I'll just give you some examples for myself. I, my wife has come up with DIY projects for me. My house needs absolutely nothing. I will start posting pictures, but uh, I love doing stuff like that. And my wife hasn't had me home this much in years. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was away 178 nights last year, right? I'm not usually home. <laughs> this is crazy. So she's coming up with projects. I went into my uh, cabinet in the garage and I found a brand new box of five N95 masks. And we went over to the local police station and donated them, right? Instead of keeping them, we donated them our food bank put out because people more people are going to the food bank. So we made a monetary contribution. And then I said, let's go in the pantry and just see what stuff we have that's expiring in maybe a month or two or something like that, that, you know, there we'll get other stuff. We did that. And they ended up raising over $10,000 and got barrels and barrels of food. Right. I felt good. I felt good. Like I had done something. I don't, sew. I can't make masks for people. Right. (laughs) I can't do that kind of stuff, but can I do something? So that's that. On a professional level, everybody here, every one of you at one point or another has said, if I only had the time, I would, (laughs) right? So Colleen, what what have you said? If I had the time, I would have, but I didn't have the time before. One thing. I would write a book. Okay, perfect. So I actually talk about that on that other webinar. Let me give you the secret. I've written five books. I'm working on number six right now. You don't write books, you write words, right? Don't try to write a book. You want to write words. Now, it's a difference between writing a fiction versus a nonfiction, of course. So, Colleen, you want to write a book. Is it fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Okay. Uh, subject is? I, I have a lot of information, advice. Um, after we do our weddings, we um, talk to our brides. And so I've got a lot of advice from past brides. I have pages of it. Okay, so, the, so first thing is decide who the audience is. So your audience is engaged couples, right? And I noticed you said the word brides. So the question is, is it for brides or is it for people that are engaged? Because there were brides and there were grooms, right? So right. who is it for? Right. And there were brides and there are brides and grooms and grooms, right? So who, who is it for? So when you're writing a book, just like if you're writing a speech or something like that, you decide who is the audience? Okay. What is the value that you have to bring them? Okay, so you have this information. You want to bring this value to them. And then you ask, what's the format? Right? So you have all this information so that when you see it in your head, if you could picture your book and closed your eyes and pictured your book, is it meant to be read front to back or is every chapter a different idea, different tip, different something like that? Different tip. Okay. All right, so now you're getting a format, right? So you have to categorize, you have to catalog all of your different tips. Uh, so I'll give you an example. I have a new book. Where it is? Right there. <laughs> right there. It's called Wit, Wisdom in the Business of Weddings. And I, ha- I did similar to what you said. I had all these ideas. I've been independent from, I've been out of the knot since 2011. Uh, or as I like to say, I untied the knot in 2011. That's my, my one line. It's my one line. I use it whenever I can. Um, and I had, I had a virtual assistant. And I said, I've written over 100 articles since then. I had her categorize them and put them into buckets, sales, business, inspiration, websites. And I said, okay, I'm not going to do websites because that's the next book that I'm writing. Five Signs It's Time to Fire Your Website. That's my next book. And so let's keep websites out of this. Sales, business, inspiration. I ended up taking 15 of those from each of those sections, sales, business, inspiration, and made a 45-chapter book. Okay? So depending upon how big or small you want to make it, how many ideas you have. One idea would be to say, is there anything similar about these tips that I can group them into sections? Okay. You could do that and don't edit. Editing is what turns it into a book. Writing is just words. And then you have these tips. Remember who the audience is. You're not writing it for yourself. You're writing it for them. What it, what's the best way to get this across that they're going to have something they can walk away and say wow that was really helpful and i'll give you an example i had written an article one time for a bridal magazine called five things your wedding guests won't tell you and it was you know you think about it every time uh you know um, diana let's say have you ever been at a wedding as a guest diana you've been right oh, yeah, okay okay there have, you go. You, yes. yeah. <laughs> have you have you ever leaned over to the person next to you and said Can you believe they did that? (laughs) No. No? (laughs) No. Okay. Well, there are times when you're a guest and you're wondering, gosh, you know that centerpiece is so big, I can't see the person on the other side.
0: Mm -hmm. Or
1: I remember the first time I went to a wedding with a cash bar because I grew up in the New York area and nobody had a cash bar. There was no such thing. Everything was always open bar. So I go to this wedding and I walk up to the bar and I order two drinks and I go to turn away and they said, oh, that's... And I was like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But my inside voice is like, okay, so I drove from New York to Boston, got a hotel room for my wife and I. She's got a new dress and new shoes. We bought you a gift and we have to buy our drinks, (laughs) right? It's just, you don't never, never tell the couple. You'll never tell the couple, right? So I came up with five things. I put it out there and the wedding industry loved it because you you guys started sending me stuff and like, wait, I got one for you. (laughs) I got one for you. So then I wrote another article, Five More Things Your Wedding Guests Won't Tell You. And then I said, well, gosh, I collected so many of these. Collected, right? Colleen, I collected. And I ended up with about 80. And I said, I'm going to make a book, 50 Things Your Wedding Guests Won't Tell You. And I I started to put it together, and I started to format it. And I realized that what I had created, and pardon me, was a bitch book. (laughs) I created a book from wedding professionals complaining about all these things <laughs> that, that couples do. And I was like, I don't want to put my name on that book, right? If I put this book out, I have to use a pseudonym, right? I got to be like, you know, some, some other name, a pen name, but I can't, I'm not putting my name on that because I don't want to be the guy that wrote the bitch book, okay? Yeah. So I had a book that is sitting on a shelf. If, if anybody wants to put their name on it, let me know. I can, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> Um, so, so you, Colleen, you're, you're halfway there because you have these ideas. Now you just go through them and then say, what's the best format? And maybe there is no format. Maybe the title of the book is what it is. And you, you put in 50, 100, 30, 80, you know, of these things. That's it. Maybe you just do that. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Right? But cool. I want to see it. <laughs> okay. And, and, and what you want to do is you want to make yourself accountable. So we have, what, 4, 8, 12, 16, 19 people here. <laughs> okay. So tell the 19 of us when you are going to have it ready for editing. Uh, what's a good amount of time? I mean, I don't, I've never done this before, so I don't really know. Do you have all of the, uh, you have all the ideas written down already? Most of them. I think <laughs> I need to compile them and clean them up. Like you said, I've got some work to do in that regard. Okay, so two weeks from now, you should have read through all of, all of the ideas, thrown out the ones that are either duplicate or they don't make sense. You'll probably add a few more in there, and then you'll be ready for the next step. Okay, there you go.
0: Awesome. Uh, so, Alan, we have a question from Mary Ann from Park Place. Sure. He said, uh, Is there a current list of legal do's or don'ts for venues? We can do things other venues cannot. So, just wondering what I can or
1: can't do legally. Uh, You know, every municipality is different. I did see a webinar the other day by WIPA, WIPA, the Wedding Industry Professionals Association. And they had Caroline Fox on who's spoken at Wedding MBA and she's a lawyer. She's fantastic. I had to jump off halfway through it. Um, Now she is on the East Coast. So she's going to tell you she's not in your municipality, but she does have references to lawyers all over the country. Uh, but I would go look that up. So look up WIPA, W-I-P-A, probably .org, I would guess, uh, and see if you can find that webinar. It was from last week. It was really, really good. But you know, I am not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV, so I'm not going to purport to know what the legalities are. But um, I would look that up. Uh, and then I could just say one more thing. Whether it's legal or not, tomorrow to have a wedding, it is not moral to do so. And again, that's my opinion. But I do not want to be bringing people together until we know where we are with this, with this virus. Uh, I did put a one-minute video out a couple of weeks ago about that, because I, I saw some people saying, well, hey, weddings are exempt in my area because they're considered religious events, so we're, we're having a wedding this weekend for 115 people. And I was like, no, no, just because you have a loophole doesn't mean you should take advantage of that loophole. You know that, it just, It's just not right at this point. There's too much that we don't know. So that's all I'll say about that.
0: Well, so I pulled up WIPA's website um, and they have a page that says webinars. Um, I'm not going through all of that at the moment, but I will share that in the chat with everybody. So there's a yep. link.
1: Oh, there you go. Colleen put Colleen it up there already. It. Good job, Colleen. Colleen. <laughs> Colleen beat you to it. Okay. Yeah. So, so, that's, that, so on a professional level, Colleen, writing a book, that's one thing that you can do. Taking classes is another thing you can do. What about a, a software program that you use Maybe it's your CRM, maybe it's an ordering system, maybe it's Zoom, maybe it's something like that, where you just don't feel you know how to use it. That was a great time. That was a great time to take some you know, uh, YouTube videos or do something or do tutorials from that company to figure out how to use it better. Right? That's, that was a great time to do that. Um, uh, books, that's one thing I talk about on my, uh, uh, my, uh, the other webinar. is That was a great time to be reading, or I like to do audiobooks. So if you, I know you're allowed to exercise, allowed to get out, get out instead of listening to music, get an audio book or do language lessons. You know, that's how I taught myself Spanish. I used Rosetta Stone and then Pimsleur audio programs. And when I'm out walking around my neighborhood, I'm doing language lessons. So, you know, why not? Por que no? <laughs> well,
0: we're going to do is, is um, I'm going to actually talk to everybody afterwards, but if everybody likes what we're doing here, I want to do this at least for now, on a weekly basis, you know, we'll bring uh, and invite other guest speakers, but a chance for us to get together and at least, you know, have that community and support of each other um, through this time, you know. So
1: and hold each other, hold each other each other accountable. I think the yeah. biggest thing we have is these days are running one into the next into the next. I have things I want to do. Um, and I'm, I'm not getting to them because I'm doing Zoom calls all day and all night. And I'm, I'm starting to turn people away or at least put them off until, until next week because it's just, it's just crazy. But one thing that I am doing right now is my wife, who's my business partner, she is working on, so which book? This book over here, which is called Shut Up and Sell More Weddings and Events. And I have her going through the book and finding every reference to any type of a wedding supplier. So whether it's DJ or venue or caterer or officiant or florist or whatever, and highlighting them so that I can make custom additions. So one of them will be shut up and sell more wedding catering and venue, shut up and sell more wedding photography, shut up and sell more wedding DJ, right? Um, at, but I, I don't have the time to do that. I'm getting her to do that. Um, I have a virtual assistant who's incredibly busy now because she also works in HR for a hospital. So she's not wow. giving me that much time now, but... I had some projects that she was doing. Uh, videos, talk about websites, talk about videos. Videos are really important. Keep in mind that 80% of videos on Facebook are watched with the sound off. So if you wanna learn how to do something now, learn how to do closed captioning. Closed captioning can be done a bunch of different ways. I know I think YouTube might do it automatically in some cases. Um, there's a site called Rev.com, R-E-V, like Victor.com. And for $1. twenty-five a minute, they will transcribe or give you the captions of any video. So you should be doing video testimonials. And if you already have video testimonials, get them transcribed, get the captioning on that. My virtual assistant is cutting my video testimonials up so that she's getting me little sound bites that I can plug into other videos or make a testimonial video, which is little pieces of it. So video. Uh, speaking of video, I'm looking around here and I'm, I'm seeing different people in different ways. Like Kyle, you have a very bright light on you right now, right? Yeah. So keep in mind things like that. Could you use a dimmable light instead of that so you don't look quite as bright? Or you can turn it. There you go. Right? Lighting is much better all of a sudden, right? Uh, that's um, the
0: window, actually.
1: Right. Right. And then we have then we have the other Kyle who looks like he's in the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's that's what that's what we always look like in, in those videos there. So, if you're going to do more of this, right? I have a light sitting here that I just got. It's an LED. It's got warm light and cool light and bright light and dim light or whatever. So I have good light coming. It's nice and even, not too much shine, you know. And, and that's I have my microphone, right? My whole good podcast setup over here. I don't podcast, but I have it all set up. You get good sound. It works well. It looks professional. <clears throat> look at your backdrop. I know some of you have the virtual backdrops in Zoom. Um, I noticed that uh, with Ron, somebody came in, gave you a hug, and they completely disappeared in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? that was Cindy.
1: Yeah, but I, mean, I, I had the same thing. When I do my virtual background, my ears seem to disappear because <laughs> be, because behind me is a, a pegboard with my books, and it's about the same color as my skin. So they disappear. So if I want to be completely earless, I can go with my virtual backdrop over there. But you could look at things like that. Could you set yourself up better? If you're doing virtual meetings and uh, let's see. So Mara, you said you have a venue. Are you doing virtual tours? She probably is not. She can't speak. Uh, She doesn't have a microphone. Mara. No, Mara. Oh, Mara, sorry.
0: uh, We're not doing virtual tours, uh, but I am reaching out to any of my inquiries that I've been getting and just, you know, kind of talking over menu options and setup and that sort of thing with them.
1: Okay. Um, go to the resources page on my site and you'll see a link for, uh, visiting media true tour. They're doing a special deal. Now I'm, I'm on their advisory board and I asked them to come up with special pricing now. And it's more than just the 360 it's 360 and 3d modeling, all kinds of cool stuff. And anybody else who's got a venue look into that as well. Um, While you're there, Mara, also look, there's another link for a a buying group. And if there's any other caterers on here, go take a look at that resources page. This is a buying group that buys $7 billion of food and supplies every year. So they get much better pricing and you join the group for free and you get their pricing. So you want to profit more? You will save money right there and do that. But you should all be doing virtual selling right now. And if you are a venue, you should be doing virtual selling and be able to show them your venue and tour your venue right now. And the tools exist and they do all the stuff. They shoot all the videos, they do all that kind of stuff. So it's it's very cool. Uh, Because there's something called opportunity cost. The opportunity cost is the money you don't make because you make a different decision, right? So if you choose not to advertise in a certain place, you don't get any of the sales from that, right? That's easy to understand that way. But if you're losing any sales now because somebody can't see your venue, and they're going to wait until they can to book. How much money are you losing when you could have made the sale today? Right, that's what opportunity cost is. So take think about that. Everybody here could be doing virtual selling. Uh, I, I did a, a, a mastermind day. Mastermind day is when a small group of businesses have me come and spend the day like doing sales training, but I do it in a group. So it was ten DJs up in uh, outside of Ontario, Canada. <clears throat> sorry, outside of Toronto, Canada, last December. And it was really funny because nine of the 10 DJs that were there insisted that they could only sell people if they got them into the office. Well, how's that working for you now, right? (laughs) Not so good. The other one, their business is in Toronto, but they live in Nova Scotia, which is hours away and you have to fly there. So they've been doing business virtually for years and they don't want to meet with people. And somebody says, hey, let's meet with you. They go, no, 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 let's just talk now. So they've been selling remotely, so they were perfectly positioned for this, right? The other nine DJs are now learning how to sell virtually because they have to. And I think one of the things that will come out of this crisis is those of you that learn how to sell virtually will be able to sell virtually later and realize that not everybody had to come in. You didn't have to sit with them. And I don't care if you're the florist or the caterer or the venue or the photographer or the DJ or anybody. The fact that they reached out, you're having a conversation with them and why not continue that conversation? And if you've invested in the tools, right? If you have photos, if you have videos, if you have menus, although I will, I will tell you this, uh, Mary, you're a caterer, but you don't sell food, right? You sell people having an amazing time enjoying your food, right? And remember, do they choose the restaurant or what they're gonna eat? They choose the restaurant. Stop selling food, sell the restaurant right? They want, if they want your restaurant, they'll eat your food. Okay. So I, I, my catering clients, I have them taking the menus off their websites and you never emailing a client a menu until later. Your chef can make anything they want, right? Anything. So why, why are you selling a list of things? If, if we went into a restaurant and they handed us a list of ingredients in the kitchen, would that make it easier to choose the restaurant? No, makes it harder. I want to go to that restaurant and then we will decide what we're going to eat, okay? Stop selling catering. (laughs) All right. Uh, What else can you be doing right now? So education, books, personally, and and for business. Um, If, again, some of you when I was speaking Spanish understood me and some of you didn't, if that's important to you, why not? Why not take the time now? Uh, The lessons that I'm doing, uh, I'm actually doing French lessons now. It's a guy named Paul Noble, N-O-B-L-E. It's on... um, on Audible. It, they're cheap. They're like $7, $8 for these, these lessons. They're all audio. Really good. Like the way he teaches, you can again, go into other ones if you want, invest in other ones. Um, I don't use it, but uh, Babbel, which is an app. Somebody just forwarded me the other day that they have an offer going on right now. It's a lifetime offer. I think it was like $159 and you, you can use their service unlimited for life. That's Again, that's, that's a really good deal if you want to do it that way. So those are some other things you can do. Websites, everybody listening here should be going to your website, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go on your phone, not on your laptop, not on your desktop. I want you to go on your phone because that's the way more than, <clears throat> pardon me, more than half of your customers are looking. And we don't tend to look at our own websites on our phones. We tend to look at them on laptop and desktop. So I want you to go to your website, go on a phone. I want you to go through every single page, I want you to click on every link. I want you to see how easy or hard it is to click on some of those links because you should have buttons because this is your mouse or this is your mouse. It's no little tiny arrow now. I want you to look at the menus. How many different menu choices? Are there too many? Does it make it too hard? Really important, I want you to look at the photos. That photo that looks wonderful on your laptop or desktop, how does it look on mobile? I've seen many, many responsive design websites where people are getting cut out of pictures Because when it responds onto the phone, it's taking the middle of the picture and the outsides are getting cut. And if your couple is off to the side, (laughs) they might literally be out of the picture right now. So take a look at it that way. Um, Pay attention to the calls to action. There's four things that should be on every single page of your website, on every single marketing piece you do, right? The first is an aspirational image aspirational, not inspirational, aspirational. A picture that someone else will look at and they want to aspire to be like the people in the picture. So I don't want to see an empty banquet room. I don't want to see your DJ equipment. I don't want to see your camera equipment. I want to see people enjoying your product or service because we're selling results. We're not selling stuff, right? The same stuff you sell, somebody else sells and they sell it cheaper. So don't sell stuff. Sell the results of the stuff. So show me pictures of people enjoying your product or service. Uh, Kyle, as a DJ, I don't, want, I don't want to see first dance pictures because first dance is two people on an otherwise empty dance floor. Right. Now, it's a, little, it's a little weird now because we're not allowed to gather together, but you want to show that packed dance floor, okay? And maybe you put a little thing on it. This was pre-virus or something like yeah. that, okay? The second thing is aspirational text. And this is a really simple test that you can do. When you go to your web page, go to the edit menu, and every browser, whether it's Chrome or Safari or Firefox or whatever, has an edit menu, and you go to find. And when you click find or find on the page, it'll pop up a little search box. And when you type in that search box a word or a phrase, it'll look for it on the page. So I want you to look for the word you, Y-O-U. Does it exist on the page? If it doesn't, you're not talking to the people who are reading your site right now. You're talking about yourself. So if you say, well, we've been in business for 20 years and we've done this and we've done that, we've done that, and they're like, who cares? Who cares? How does that help me? But if you say, when you choose our company, right? when you choose Bakersfield Flower Market, you and your guests will be delighted by the beautiful flowers when your guests walk in the room and when you, right? The word you should be on the site more than the words I, we, me, us, our, and mine. Pay attention to how many sentences or paragraphs start with we or our or me or mine. If you put the me first or the we first, the you gets buried and they're not feeling like you're speaking to them. So when you go to your website, looking at it on your phone, read the words out loud. Does it represent your voice, right? Does it sound like Taylor? Does it sound like Dario? Does it sound like Ron? because if it doesn't, you're not being your true self because people do business with people. So what is your voice? What is your your business voice? And businesses have voices. Uh, Doesn't Target have a different voice than Walmart? And Walmart has a different voice than Macy's, right? And Taco Bell's got a different voice than McDonald's. So what is the voice that's coming across to people and does it sound like you're talking to them about what matters to them? So read it out loud. So aspirational photos, aspirational text that talks about the results, not the stuff, right? Talk about the outcome. The third piece is what's called social proof. And social proof is short, and I'm gonna emphasize this, short testimonial pieces that support whatever you just said. So if you just said that, you know, your dance floor is gonna be packed all night, I want a testimonial that says that. If you're gonna talk say how your food is, going to, is more creative and plated differently and very unique, I want somebody talking about that. So it's someone who's saying something that supports that whatever you just said is true. And then when you put their testimonial, put their names, you can do first names only if you want. If you are the venue, put the name of the c- couple or the name of the person and then where they're from. So whether they're from Bakersfield or whether they're from LA or Fresno or Chicago or wherever it is, okay? That'll help your SEO. If you're not the venue, put the name of the couple, put the name of the venue, and put where the venue is. So now you can show that as a DJ, as a florist, as a caterer, you work at all these different places, okay? If you are doing travel, well, put down where they went. If they don't mention it in there, if they don't mention Cancun, if they don't mention Aruba, if they don't mention whatever, put that in there as well. So you wanna help your SEO. And then the fourth piece is the call to action. And the call to action is, If I've shown you the result, and if I've talked about the result, and if I had somebody said, yes, that's the result I got, you have to tell them how to get that result. So going back to the DJ example, if this is the way you want to feel after your wedding, call, email, contact us today. If you want your dance floor to be packed like this at your wedding, call, email, contact us today. If you want to check our availability, get a price quote, et cetera, call, email. Very, very specific. Now, those are the four things. And here's here's the kicker. When I'm on their phone looking at your website, I don't want to go more than two screens, right? Without another call to action. And if I have to scroll again, I don't want to go more than two screens without a call to action. If you have your call to action at the bottom of the page, you are not getting the conversion you should because nobody goes to the bottom of the page. You want to have a call to action relating to whatever you just said, and then you're going to say other stuff, another call to action. A call to action could also be go look at this other page on my site. Click here to see more photos of real weddings. Click here to read about our DJ services. Click here to read about bouquets. Click here to see a gallery of centerpieces, right? You wanna be very specific and keep them in your ecosystem of your website. Don't send them away. Pay attention when you go to your website. Remember I said click on every link? How many links take me off your website? How many links take me to Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, WeddingWire, The Knot, all those different places? If I'm on your website and you're sending me anywhere else, you are. You're sending me where all your competitors are. If you send me to Facebook, how many other people in your industry, Colleen, how many people that do what you do have a Facebook page? All of them, <laughs> right? So why would you send me to Facebook when I'm already at your website? It's like saying, you're in, I'm in the store, and you say, go to the mall. <laughs> no, I'm in the store. Talk to me. Don't send me away. I have 11,000, what is it? 11,600 followers on Instagram. There isn't a single link to Instagram on my website. If you're on my website, I want you to talk to me about what I do. I don't want you to go look at Instagram. If you're on Instagram, I want you to go to my website. That's different. One way street. Facebook sends you to my site. Instagram sends you to my site. LinkedIn sends you to my site. Twitter sends you to my site. Not the other way around. You have, I have sharing links. If you like an article, by the way, I write a free article every month. When you're on my website, you can see it there, or just, you know, I'll just put in the other link. Kyle, I know you get them. Yep. Connect with Allenberg.com. It's a free article every month. Uh, you're, you get on my email list, I send you a link to it there. So <clears throat> tell them what to do, make it easy. My articles have sharing links. So if you click share this article, It doesn't leave my website, it pops up a box, lets you share to LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, without leaving my website. I don't ever send you off my website unless there is a really good reason, like registering for a conference or something like that. Otherwise, I don't send you off there. So you should all be going to your website, making sure everything works, making sure the photos work well, making sure you have the testimonials. How many of you have a testimonials page on your website? Okay, nobody goes there. Now, don't take my word for it. Go to Google Analytics, and by the way, if you don't have Google Analytics, get Google Analytics, it's totally free, but look at your analytics report, and one of them is is a pages report. It'll show you what pages people are looking at. Change the date range, because it'll default to seven days. You don't want, care about the last seven days. Go to three months, six months, nine months, a year, whatever, and look and see which are the most popular pages, and the one that's not gonna be there is your testimonials page. It's gonna be some of the least viewed pages on your website, which makes sense because they know that you stack the deck, right? They know that you only took the best stuff and put it there because nobody here has ever put a bad testimonial on your testimonials page, right? And they know that. So why are they gonna go look and say, well, okay, so I know. So Diana, you only put the best stuff there. So I'm gonna go look, right? No, they're not gonna go look. So what you wanna do is put testimonials where they're already looking. Where are they looking? Well, look at the report. It'll tell you your homepage and then where. So in my case, it could be a sales training page, a speaking page, places like that. My about page, one of my most popular pages. So one of the other things that I did is I went to my website and I shortened every testimonial to be pretty much one sentence. Because that one sentence on my desktop goes this wide. And on mobile, it goes to four or five lines. So now all of a sudden a half a page is taken up by one sentence. Well, what if your testimonial was five sentences? Now it's a screen and a half on mobile. What does that look like? Looks like too much. Nobody wants to read it. Think of testimonials like speed bumps, right? A speed bump in the road is just a line and when you get to it, you slow down and then you keep going. That's what the testimonial should be. So if you look at my website, you'll see them on every single page, everywhere you look, they're sprinkled in so that wherever you're looking, there's somebody saying, this is right, this is what happened to me, okay?
0: Awesome, thank you. Is there any other uh, questions for Alan? No, so what I'm going to do is I will take the chat and the, the video from today and then uh, probably in a day or two I'll share it with you guys in case you wanna review anything from this um, that was talked about today, the websites, the resources, the phenomenal information that Alan has shared with us. Um, and I will uh, resend that out to everybody as well. So that way, if you didn't take notes, you've got notes. Um,
1: <laughs> we've taken them for you. That's uh, good. That's good. And I'm, I'm going to prepare for my calls with Australia tonight at nine and 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> you can go take a nap, huh? <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. <laughs> I'm doing two webinars. I'm doing a webinar tomorrow with a group in Ireland. So I have to finish the the slides for that. And then I might take a nap.
0: There you go. Awesome. Well, it's Alan, it's been wonderful to have you here. Thank you for joining us. I really, really do appreciate it. You're welcome to stick around. Um, If not, uh, you're free to go, I guess.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to take off because I got to prepare for this, but uh, let's do this again. If anybody has any questions, You can reach out to me directly through my site, my phone number, text, email, contact form. It's all right there. The free resources are over there. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you guys. Uh, Stay safe, stay healthy and uh, think positive and let me know how I can help.
0: Thanks again for joining us for our podcast, Wedding Talk for Wedding Professionals. And I'd like to thank again, Mr. Alan Berg for sharing with us such great information. The links to some of the websites that he talked about can be found on our website under his name. So go to KernCountyBridalAssociation.com, click on speakers or podcast, and then you'll find Alan Berg there. Click on his name and you'll find show notes, links, and a copy of the video from the interview that we did. Thanks again, make sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.